This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Magpies, referees with bad eyes and dodgy cup ties. Happy Carabao Cup Day, everybody. It's Wednesday, the 27th of September. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm David Powell. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, Champions of Europe. Welcome then, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Match day once again for the treble winning Blues. Searching for a trophy that obviously wasn't part of the whole last season, but we've got our own trophy cabinet on show today, our own little cheeky treble, and a very sun-kissed David Michael Powell having... Um, those holiday photos are beautiful, mate. Um, did, you have a, did you have a good time? But most importantly, are you excited to be back in the podcasting saddle? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was a fantastic week away. Um, first holiday with my 10-month-old son. Went to Spain, nice bit of sunshine. Managed to keep up to date with little bits and bobs about Man City. And um, yeah, very excited to get back into the mix. And uh, Carabao Cup Day usually fills us with excitement, but well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I'm not as excited after some of Pep's comments. Mm, yeah, um, I'll be hurtling down. What motorway will it be on the way to Newcastle? I don't even know. You're up that part of the world, kind of, Ollie. Um, do you ever see sunshine in Cumbria? Uh, it's actually quite funny you say that, considering it has just absolutely started pouring down here. But, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming into this with no notes. Have, I haven't seen the press conference. All I can say, really is it just looks like you belong with me, Amos, on this podcast at the moment, because I just keep coming back and you can't get rid of me. Well, hey, um, nicely done. <laughs> Look at this. No notes, Ollie. I mean, that's basically yeah. um, you most of the time anyway, so I'm not quite sure. It makes that's too much true. of a difference, but that's let's not... crack on with it. True, yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, um, Ollie with no notes, not in 
literal sense without the notes you're a very well researched person on today's show as well um okay then let's get into it because there is a football match this evening so a quick fire preview to get you geared up for as you mentioned david what could be a pretty chastening evening for city it has to be said although we have seen city go and win under much tougher circumstances um general vibes then david heading into the game it's one that i'm I'm, I'm intrigued about, I think, is the general sense in my attitude heading into it. Yeah, I think that's the right word to say. Intrigued about what the lineup's going to be, how we're going to approach the game from Pep's point of view to the players. As the day went on today and started to obviously listen to the press conference at lunchtime and and see a few bits and bobs, I'm starting to feel a little bit confident in actually winning the game, even though I don't think we're going to feel the strongest lineup ever. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think this could be a just a, a true vintage Man City performance from from some of the B team, so to speak, and we actually go ahead and beat Newcastle. They were they were poor at uh, the Etihad earlier this year, and I wonder whether even our so called B team, as I just said, is good enough to turn them over at um, Newcastle. I don't know. I I am quietly confident. Pep's comments last week about saying certain players will not be playing hmm. doesn't fill you with a huge bit of confidence, but at the same time, our squad's not big, so. They're going to have to be on the bench, or someone's going to have to be on the bench, aren't they? Yeah, it, it's not quite irresistible force versus immovable object, Ollie, but it does feel like Summit's got to give this evening in the game. Obviously, Newcastle haven't been in scintillating form, although St James's Park is obviously a difficult place to go. City have been in scintillating form, although basically running on empty in terms of the squad depth, at least. And, you know, it's been a it's been a a heavy start to season, obviously, Chari- uh, Charity Shield, famously not the Charity Shield, Community Shield, Super Cup, that's two extra games in the legs, um, first domestic cup tie of the season. It, it does feel like there's something that has to give on both sides of this game um, at St. James's Park. Yeah, it does a little bit. And I mean, it's two different ideas of building a squad between Eddie Howe and Pep Guardiola. Eddie Howe's more, I want two players for every position who can compete with each other. And for a team like Newcastle, who are basically rebuilding their squad from scratch in this, in the project of uh, the, the PIF, um, you know, they can, they can do that and they can, you know, bring in players of similar quality because their quality that they're shopping for is still not quite Manchester city, but they have some fantastic players. Um, you know, Bruno Guimaraes is an absolutely outstanding player. Kieran Trippier looks to be in the form of his life and has been at Newcastle for the past year, year or year or two now. Um, but you know, this is Manchester City turning up for a, for a cup tie. They would really rather be without. You know, I think if you mm. could offer Pep Guardiola, you know, just to not play the game at all, I think he'd probably take it at this moment in time, because you know he builds his squad a different way. He builds around 15, 16 players, and you know, a few extras chucked in, chucked on top to make to make the numbers up. He's not. You know, I think what is it? He said one. I'm not going to waste one percent of energy on the on the Carabao Cup this year, which you know broke the burning hearts of all of us. But um, it's just, it's one of those things that you know. Okay, if we if we do win tonight, that's going to be a nice feeling. But you know, there's going to then you know the draw comes and it could be anyone, and Mm. that's the worry. You know, if it's another big team, then we're having the same problem again in a month. 
Yeah, we saw that a little bit last season, didn't we? Because obviously it was a uh, truncated Carabao Cup because of the World Cup, but we had Chelsea, so we had Liverpool, then Chelsea. And it was like, okay, fantastic. We beat those two teams at the Etihad Stadium and then we got knocked out by Southampton. So it basically is luck of the draw. But David, you know, we're sitting this and we're obviously typical city a little bit negative a little bit underconfident going into it but Newcastle no matter what form they're in they could have been top of the table six six wins from six they're not going to want to play the European champions they're not going to want to play the FA Cup winners not going to want to play the three time in a row Premier League winners so I, I think you know and this is me saying it a, eternal pessimist we do have to give City some credence that I think Eddie Howe called it the toughest cup tie in world football or something like that. So, you know, there's plenty of confidence still for City, even if it is going to be a rotated team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Eddie Howe said it, didn't he? He said this is the worst tie they could possibly get, which is like hats off to Man City saying a cup tie at home against a team with a weakened squad is the toughest in the world. I mean, we are the kings of the Cups, which is probably where he's coming from. We, we know how to get through these ties. Like you said, we beat Chelsea and Arsenal last year in the early stages. I I sort of started to write this entire game off last week after Pep saying we're not going to play the players where it was in, in our fixture list. Mm. But as, like I said earlier, as it started to get closer to the game, our confidence is starting to grow because when you start putting them predicted lineups together, even though it will be <clears throat> sorry a heavily rotated 11, they still look better than Newcastle's or on a, at least on a par with their mm. best 11 which speaks volumes for the fact that we're rotating aside and still saying that our front three could be Grealish, Foden and Alvarez which is good enough to go and play a Champions League group stage match let alone saying <laughs> this is a rotated team yeah. for Newcastle that we're going to go and lose and then you're saying Nunes, Kovacic and obviously we've discussed Phillips in depth which probably the one player that's <laughs> on paper technically weaker but Kovacic was arguably one of our best players in the first three or four games of the season. Nunes has slotted in perfectly. Kanji, Gradiol, Rico, they're all starters, really. Um, so yeah, my confidence yeah. is growing. I just I just don't know whether the players are going to be going out there told to play with the handbrake on, which then essentially it's just go out there, do 90 minutes, don't overexert yourself, big game at the weekend, bit even mm. bigger game midweek and see what happens, maybe penalties, who knows. But my, my confidence is growing. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I just want to watch Man City play again. Obviously, I missed the game at the weekend. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. True. True. Yeah, I, I do think by virtue of not having anyone else to play the roles, it's going to be a stronger team than maybe Guardiola would have wanted to, or at least a team filled with first-teamers and, and would do a little bit more team chat in part two. But, Ollie, I just wanted to ask before we did get to that break, we know where Guardiola and the Carabao Cup stands this season, but as a supporter, are you a little bit miffed? And and again, you know, we could have easily got Oxford United or Salford City at home or someone like that, and and we're not even contemplating a defeat. But are you a little bit miffed that City might go out of the League Cup at the first time of asking? Or do you think, given the added fixtures, obviously a Club World Cup to come, which um, down the line, this competition could cause a few headaches with because I think the quarterfinals are scheduled to be playing whilst we're away in Saudi Arabia. Is it a one time you think maybe, just maybe, it'd be a good one to lose? I think with the squad in the position it's in, with the with injuries and you know, even with, even though we've got some players coming back, you know, Grealish came back at the weekend, Kovacic is expected back. 
Um, you know, John Stones and Monado aren't too far behind. They're not going to they're not going to make it in time for this game, but they're not too far behind. So you'd expect them if we go through for a next round fixture to be available or in the squad at least. Um, it it does feel like maybe it is a year that it's just not that if we go as I say if we go through great if we don't then it's not one I'm going to be losing sleep over you know it's if 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 you know you said to me okay you lose at Newcastle but you win at Wolves and you win and you win in midweek next week then I'll take your hand off for it because it's mm. it's it's just it's just how this it's just how it falls sometimes it's like you say it's luck of the draw I love the Carabao I love going to a final at Wembley in February it's a great it's always a great day out it's always a great feeling um because I don't think we've ever lost one um as well in the at in least the not in the Pepe era. era yeah yeah, yeah in, in the, the modern era, era. We, haven't, we haven't lost we've never lost it so um I would quite like to you know because it's been a few years now since we've been back there mm. uh for, for a Carabao Cup final so f- exactly Exactly. I, I remember coming on this podcast, you know, last year doing Carabao Cup previews and we were, you know, burting our hearts out and then you go out to Southampton, it <laughs> kind of collapses a little bit. Um, so we'll see, we'll see where we end up, but it's, it feels like a year that, you know, if we could skip it completely, just not play, just not have even played in it. I think mm. many people at the club would have taken that, you know, it, this is kind of what makes doing a quadruple impossible. You know, we get talked up for it every single year and especially after coming off a treble. But um, mm. it really is an impossible feat because, it, this, especially with the scheduling this year that we're going to see and the squad we've got, it's just not possible. So you know, is it better to get out early or get out late and you know have had a good run? I don't know, but um, I, would mm. t- I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind going out tomorrow. Well, tonight. Yes, certainly. I, I don't know where I stand on it. Um, I, I do think City have a duty of care perhaps when they're in this sort of modern era when they're in this dominant phase the the dynasty of English football we speak about to take every competition seriously because success doesn't last forever and I think as well David I don't know if this is something you've played football at a higher level than us um, but you know when you're in that team environment and you're in a winning run it counts for it counts for quite a lot and I think going back to Pep Guardiola's first season in charge in 2016-17 we started to see and superbly we then went to Celtic for a Champions League group game and I think we drew was it the free free one or something like that you know it was a crazy fixture and then suddenly the weekend after we go to Tottenham and lose which obviously isn't a, a new thing for City but it is about disrupting that run and, and we know what happened in that season so I do feel like you know whilst it is a tough test whilst the squad is on a little uh, you know uh, struggling with with injuries there's uh, Wolves there's Leipzig there's Arsenal to come after that lose here and say you get a humbling, a 3-0 defeat, for example, it can demoralise those players who are going to have to play somewhere down the line because the squad isn't big enough anyway. So as as I speak about it, um, and I've just got a message through one of my mates saying Oscar Bob's, he wants Oscar Bob to start. And, you know, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? A stronger team probably isn't a bad idea. That's why I'm not in charge of Manchester City and Pep Guardiola is. But I do feel like, you can cause yourself a few da- a few more problems down the line if you do, you know, don't don't take the competitions as seriously as you could. Yeah, yeah, I think um, p- people often say, oh, let's get it out of your system or that's that one game you need to get out of your system to like sort of kick you up the bum. But I think that second half against Notts Forest was what was needed to just sort of get the City players' like, uh, like minds back on track. We don't need to go to Newcastle and go get a humbling 3-0 against them and then players like your Phillipses and Gomez and 
Nunes start to have a little bit of doubt from the fans, from everyone else, thinking, oh, these these so-called backup players aren't going to be able to step in when it matters later on down the season, when Rodri, again, does need a rest in March, April, before the final run in the Champions League. You need those players chomping at the bit. Like We used to have like Mares when he'd step in, he'd come in in a cup game, score two goals, and you'd be like, hold on, he's got to play next game. But then you go, well, no, he can't, because Foden's electric at the moment. We'd, you just don't want the run to end. And I mean, confidence breeds confidence. Mm-hmm. is a bit of a cheesy cliche, but it's true. You go to Newcastle and beat them with our B team, then even more managers in the Premier League are going to be like, well, do we just write this City game off? Which most of them probably already do sort of have that mindset anyway, but it's certainly not going to do us any favours going there tomorrow and losing, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and as well, you know, the the, the quote-unquote, if you can call them that, fringe players, the players on the peripheries, a confidence-boosting win only does them um, benefits coming into it, you know. Again, speaking about Calvin Phillips, but I remember a Leicester game last year when he came into squad having not played for a bit and I think City were 3-0 up or something like that and and that in fairness, the whole team collapsed around him. But you do need those players who don't play a lot of football to come in and do a decent job. That comes having the trust of the manager, having the trust of the players around him. Um, I guess we'll leave it there for part one because we are going to pick up the team chat in part two. So stay exactly where you are and we'll be back with you in a quick moment. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. <laughs> Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your third episode of this week. If you want to go back and listen to the previous two, please do so after this show from us. Um, Ollie, let, let's get into team chat then. We know Calvin Phillips is starting. Um, Q injury getting off the team bus after we spent our entire living moments of this week speaking about him but he's in there is there anyone else you want to see or you particularly think we will see I'm looking at obviously Rico Lewis Sergio Gomez Oscar Bob in terms of our squad players so to speak I guess that's probably where we're at in terms of um, the players who we haven't seen a lot that so far this season obviously there will be some first team players in there any outside shots from the EDS I don't know. Um, well, speaking of the EDS, I've just texted a friend while, while we were doing the first half because there was a game on seeing just what kind of squad it is because I haven't watched any of them this season. Mm. Um, so I can't, but he, but my friend was saying that it's not the strongest of year groups for them. I think it's, a, I think it's mostly a new year group in the 21s. Yeah. So they're all a little bit young still because um, that's how City have always done their youth academy over the last few years. They promote them younger and younger and that's how they get to 
sent up to Guardiola at 17, 18 and, you know, become mm. the, 50, the £40 million players some of them have. So I don't think we're going to see too many, you know, maybe a couple, maybe a couple of defenders on the bench because, you know, we are weak in fullback areas. Um, but speaking of fullback areas, I think little Rico Nico is going to get a start at right back. I think we'll see Sergio Gomez come in at left back or nominally left back and play, may, maybe doing kind of reverse of what Kyle Walker does with that side. And, you know, Grealish does something a little bit different. Um, but then again, he's used to overlapping fullbacks from his time at Villa. He's always mm. played well with Sergio Gomez and we'd expect Grealish to play, I think. Um, but for me, it's, it is about Rico because, you know, we haven't seen him start the season. Um, we all know what impact he had last year on the uh, last season on the team when he came into the team and how he kind of reinvented how we set up and how we play, um, which is a big thing to say about an 18 year old, but it's absolutely true with him. So, you know, mm. any chance for him. And he's someone who, he's got that personality where he will relish this game. He'll relish being up against uh, whatever winger. Because he's, he's, fa- he's, sh- he's faced tough challenges at Manchester City. You know, I remember him coming on against uh, Chelsea in the Premier League um, in January, I think it was. And him, Grealish and Mahrez transformed the game for us, um, playing in that inside role for him. So he's definitely one I really want to see. Apart from... You know, you know, injury-stricken lads coming back in. So Grealish and Kovacic, I want to see them come in and play, play some good minutes. Um, and as we say, it's a big chance for Calvin Phillips. I'm not going to say much more than that because you know I've said we've talked a lot about Calvin Phillips this week. I've said far too much already um, on him this week, but uh, it's it's a big chance for him. And you know, if he can get off the bus injury-free and uh, you know get get his way onto the pitch and just complete a full ninety and not make a mistake, not make a tragic mistake. Then uh, you know that could that could be huge for him, um, which I think is all we can really say for him at this point. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's going to be a really interesting one. Yeah, yeah, it will be one of those. It, <laughs> as we're speaking through it now, after the first half spiel, and I'm saying, you know what, go lads, go and win. Strong team, blah blah. I'm, do, I'm looking at it and going, mm, yeah, it probably is going to be a patched up team. Which I think, not to go back to the Calvin discourse, but it, it won't help him in that sense. The fact that he's again not playing around City's better players. I saw someone this week call it the biggest game of his City career or something. And whilst obviously the options are limited, but it's like, hmm, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Calvin chat to come, David, over the next couple of weeks. But um, I, I mean, it is it is a bit of a, a moment for City, isn't it? And I agree with Ollie. I mean, the EDS obviously got gutted in the summer. The, the players who were in there, be that on loan or in the in the starting eleven for the youth teams, they got sold off. City made a lot of profits. There's not really anybody there to pick from unless it's a left-field shout that we haven't particularly known about. So, you know, we are probably picking from that that cut that um crop of first team players Rico Lewis I think we can focus on him because he has been somebody who's had a quiet 12 months at City it has to be said I think it's this time last year he just started getting into the team for the cup matches do you think he's not played enough so far this season obviously Gvardiol's come in left centre-back or the furthest left centre-back whatever you want to call it Nathan Ake's maybe dropped down to the bench and that's eaten up some of his minutes on that side of the pitch so it will be interesting to see won't it after after quite a while I think he started against Burnley and he you know he looked good and we're looking at that going oh it could be a massive season for him he's getting the, the starting role in the first game of the Premier League season and then not really having seen him since so um it's going to be a test for him in in obviously that hostile environment up north but 
should be a decent one. Should be should, he he's the sort of player I look at and goes, yeah, relishes sort of challenges like this. Yeah, one hundred percent. He 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 looks when he's on the field. I think why Pep absolutely loves him. He looks so calm. He doesn't look phased against any any winger, any player. He looks extremely composed, and I think he'll be not knowing him personally on any level. He he strikes you as a nice guy who just doesn't seem to get nervous. Like that's from completely from the outset. But mm. I think he um, he should have a good game tomorrow. It's a it's a good chance for him. I think he I would have liked to have seen him a bit more this year. But I think that John Stones injury. Maybe saw Pep change the system slightly with Carl Walker playing obviously a lot of minutes through preseason and then into the into the Premier League as well. That when John Stones comes back in and sort of starts playing that stepping out of defence central defender role and it will sort of get the team back having that sort of a inverted mm. fullback option. Hopefully Rico will get some more minutes, but he, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play tomorrow. He, um, he he thoroughly deserves it. Whenever he plays, he's he's fantastic and. Um, it's nice to see another City boy coming through to the first team. Like you said, there's not that many names currently being touted around as the next one after McAtee and Palmer both jumping ship at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's probably this time next year we'll be speaking about a wonder kid who's going to transform world football and he's from, I don't know, let's say, Heaton Norris. Um, anyone in the City Academy from Heaton Norris, I'm, I apologise for giving you the kiss of death there. But um, finally, Ollie, because this is probably one of the more intriguing um, talking points from the start in eleven. Who, who plays up front for City? Because obviously there's the option, perhaps, for a false nine, which we've seen, obviously, under Guardiola quite a bit. But Alvarez looks cooked in the sense that he, he you know, looks like he's on the limit in terms of how much football he can play. Um, and he has done for a couple of weeks, as he said, although his performance levels didn't drop. Although, I'm counteracting my counter-argument, he did come off quite early against um, Nottingham Forest at the weekend. So maybe he's fresher in the legs than we think. But Erling Haaland is a man we know who usually can do two games a se- uh, two games a week for for uh, at least a chunk of the season last year. No World Cup break for him to recharge. It, it's another headache, isn't it? Um, I guess is what I'm getting at. Do you play your, your your player who came off at the weekend and obviously has a bit more energy in the legs, but has before that played much more football, or do you play your striker who's crucial to you going forward and maybe could pick up an injury down the line, but is probably in more. Um, Got got more fitness right now. That's a terrible phrase. You could flip a coin, couldn't you? You could really mm. flip a coin, and you know, however it lands, it's fine. I mean, that's the joy of having two fantastic strikers. It, you know, what, who, whoever comes out on the team sheet, um, I'm not really going to mind which which one Guardiola picks, um, because I, I think there might be a sort of whichever one plays this game won't play against Wolves or may you mm. know come up, come off the bench instead. Um, so if it's Alvarez who plays, then he can't play that role behind Haaland. But if it's Haaland who plays, he's gonna, um, you know, d- do you want Haaland missing for you know, missing for a Premier League game or a Carabao Cup game, even if it is against a better team in theory um, or potentially? You know, these are just these are the decisions that I'm thankfully not paid to make. But on <laughs> gut instinct, on gut instinct, I think. Looking at Alvarez and looking at the minutes he's played, and especially even though he's had the summer like like every other player, he came straight off a full season in Argentina. That's a huge mm-hmm. commitment for him. You know, went to, went right through the World Cup as well, all seven games with Argentina. Um, didn't really have much of a 
kind of fitness break after before he came back to City. He spent most of it, you know, drinking in Buenos Aires with millions and millions of <laughs> very happy Argentinians. So, you know, he's he's been through a whirlwind of an 18, 24 months um, with only one, you know, English summer break. So, you know, maybe if you take any chance you get into wrestling or maybe it's, you know, you give him 45 minutes each or, you know, you take, mm. you take one off after 45 minutes and put a false nine up on on top if it is say 1-0 or 1-1 one, one one, one, where it looks like City might just nick one um, mm-hmm. but I think if we're losing then you know Harlan's going to be called up if he's on the bench he's going to be called on if he, if we're losing he stays on for the 90 minutes regardless so I think I would just pick Harland but um, mm. I, w- I won't really mind whichever way Guardiola goes Yes, I do. I, I would go Haaland as well. Um, I, I think Alvarez is the one person on that team. She, who, who, oh, sorry, the one person in the squad who shouldn't be on the team sheet. Um, he, he's played an obscene amount of football, genuinely. Um, right then, David, anything else to add before we bounce out of here? Uh, Carabao Cup game, it can go either way under the lights. Eight o'clock kickoff in the United Kingdom. What would it be? East Coast, three o'clock, Pacific Coast. 12 maybe I don't know um, <laughs> something like that any any last thoughts final thoughts before we get out of it I'll leave it on a positive uh, prediction I'll say we're going to win 2-1 and Jeremy Dock who's going to score the winner off the bench ooh I like that I like that positivity Ollie is that something you're capable of <laughs> Uh, I think I would I would love to see that. I mean, Jeremy Doku just brings a smile to my face at, mm. these days. So you know, mm. I would love to see that. But the funny thing is, I'm probably not even going to be paying that much attention to this game. So I'm going to be watching the highlights at eleven o'clock or whatever, or whenever they come out, and thinking, oh yeah, Lovely that stuff. happened, didn't it? So you know, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can get a win because it will feel good. But um, you know, there should be enough in that team. Surely there should be enough. Mm. Well, whoever's on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, there really should be. Um, we'll see how it goes, and and yeah, big win at St James's Park only to get United away in the next round or something like that. That's that's usually how it works out. Um, guys, thank you very much for joining in today. If you haven't already, listeners, please hit follow, hit subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully reviewing a big win in the League Cup. Until then, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.